0: Well, thank you, kids, so much. What a blessing that was for all of us. Good job. I think that um, for the the kids that are under four, there they, there's childcare that's provided. But if kids four and up, if the parents, if one of the parents want to go get your little one, you could go do that right now. Well Merry Christmas to you all. It's good to be here this evening and um, we're gonna be in the in the book of Luke this evening in, in chapter two. But if you join me in, in prayer first, it'd be great. Let's let's pray together. Lord God, we just thank you so much for this day. as we as we come together and are here to, to celebrate your your birth, Lord, we, we pray Lord that you would just be exalted um, in our hearts. Listening to the kids sing praises and being together here to sing praises unto you. What an amazing thing it is to be a people who who know our God. And not only do we know our God, but we love you and we adore you and we worship you with all that is within us. Thank you, Lord, for, for a time to be in your word and a time to worship you. I pray that every part of tonight and tomorrow would just exalt you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Right. Well last Sunday we we took a look at a passage here in 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 Luke chapter two and this evening I want to focus just on one section of of this same passage. So if you if you look with me at Luke chapter two, beginning in, in verse seven. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. On Sunday, we looked at how when you see Christianity, what you find over and over again is that God reveals the gospel as good news. It's the gospel meaning good news. It's good news. Good news that we hear from Scripture. You look and it's it's not it's not simply good advice. This is how you ought to live, this is what you ought to do, and 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 this is how you can survive, fight for your lives, do what you need to do. Rather it's good news of the victories won. Here is the gospel. This is what has taken place. This is what God has done. And you look at, at Christianity, and it's just so clear all the way through that the gospel is good news of you can't do anything on your own. This is what God has accomplished for you. Now, as we, we look at this particular passage here, we see what is the, the first Christmas carol ever sung. The first one ever sung. And it's coming from Angels. There's this, with this angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. And and here's here's the Christmas carol that we hear. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. A a passage that, that all of us know of. But imagine what's taking place here. The... These angels were created and, and they have just an incredible power they're there and and they're in heaven and they're able to see all of the the glories of of, of God and who he is um, somehow in the course of of history angels has been have been depicted as these little these little Chubby babies and and uh, kind of strange looking sometimes and um, they they come across as, as just little and cute and and even just in in recent days it, it, it's become something where people just buy little angel figurines and they're in all kinds of cute little ones. I was at a conference and and the pastor that was speaking was saying, "Man, that that's just not what angels are like." I mean, you you look. <laughs> You look at just history and in Scripture, and when people come in contact with angels, they don't. He said that they don't look at it as far as oh, look how cute. He said usually they just like pass out or wet themselves or something. I mean, like it's just powerful when you see these angels. They're they're nothing to be looked at as far as oh oh how cute. But you picture these angels just powerful, incredibly powerful, and they've existed. They they've existed. They were created. Scripture tells us in in Job 38 that when the morning stars sang together um, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, that 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 happened at creation. When God created the earth, when God created the things that that the angels sang together, they're singing together. We find angels singing all throughout Scripture, but they're singing together just in seeing creation. God create things spiritually. Speak things into existence. Um, it's incredible just to, to be able to be first-hand witnesses to all these things. I mean, they, they saw God and saw him in his glory and saw all that he had done and just majesty, power. I mean, they, you see in, in, in Isaiah 63 where there's these angels there and they're crying to one another saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. I mean, just... He's holy. When you look at scripture, when they, they don't use exclamation marks. They, they repeat things to, to emphasize something. And here you see it's holy, holy, holy. He's holy. He's the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And you see here where there's these angels seeing all that's taken place. A third of them rebel and follow Lucifer and are cast down to earth. Watching this take place as far as the pride that was in there and, and, and within them and, and those that rebelled and seeing what was happening to them and, and those that, that are there remaining in heaven, two-thirds of the angels there and, and still seeing the just incredible contrast between the sinfulness of the fallen angels and, and, and the contrast of, of Christ and and him shining in all of his brilliance and perfect holiness. And then looking and seeing Adam and Eve being created. They could eat of all of the trees of the garden except for the one tree. And and all of them watching and, and seeing this grand display of What's taking place and who God is and what he's doing? Because you see Adam and Eve fall. Not only do they fall, but they fall and they're, they're deceived by, by Lucifer. And you see, they're watching just sin come into the world. Watching these things take place. What's going to happen now? They're not all knowing. They're always looking to see what's, what's going to happen next. What's happening next? And so they're just, they're, they're watching, and there's Adam and Eve, and they're hiding. they got, they got fig leaves covering them. God's going throughout the garden, and Adam, where are you? And he's hiding, and, he, and God says, who told you that you were naked? And, and he takes animals, and he kills them, and takes the tunics, and he covers them. So that, that first picture of the shedding of blood for the remission of sins A promise that's given from the seed of the woman that the serpent's head would be crushed and then you just see redemptive history just being played out. Whole system of sacrifices that are are laid out pointing to the Lamb of God that would come to take away the sins of the world. To where they are there, they've seen Cain kill Abel. They're, They're there, they've seen all that took place with the Tower of Babel. All that took place with with Noah and, 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 and the ark and God flooding the world and the judgment that came upon the world. All that had taken place with with the promises that were given to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, all of the prophecies that were given. Surely they would have listened to all the prophets that came and said, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and you'll see this. And they're watching all of this happen, just watching God, who is perfectly holy, not destroy these people, but To always keep a remnant in his grace that is continually being poured upon these people. And you look in scripture and you see incredible disobedience over and over again. Unfaithfulness. God's people just wandering. So much kindness that's shown towards them. And yet they continue to go astray. And yet you see, they're watching and just see God's grace, God's grace coming upon them. And and prophecies that are given to the Lamb of God that was going to come. And then we come to the birth of Christ. The anticipation of Christ to come is something that had to have these angels just in a place of incredible joy. You, you find it in scripture where the, here they, they appear to this angel appears to the shepherds and says, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good, good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. As he says this, I can almost assure you that there's just a smile on his face. I'm I'm bringing you good tidings of great joy, which would be to all people. For unto you this day, there's born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, Them seeing the one who has always existed. The Lord Jesus Christ. The only begotten Son of God. Begotten of the Father before all the worlds, as the Nicene Creed says. God of God, light of light, very God of very God. Begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made. Christ, a Savior, is born. And they they had to be watching all of these things taking place, knowing who man was, knowing how far man had wandered from God. And they're there, and they're seeing this. I, don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And then we're told there's this this multitude of heavenly hosts. Right after being told you're going to find this babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, there's suddenly, it says, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, beginning with glory to God in the highest. So as they're there, And they say, you're going to find a babe lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying there in a manger. Suddenly, at that point, there's just this multitude of ten thousands times ten thousands, more than likely, as we see elsewhere in Scripture. And thousands and thousands of these angels that are watching, and they they begin by just singing this Christmas carol of glory to God in the highest. And I think about this. You, you, you look and there's, there's, there's a baby, just a, a baby crying, totally vulnerable, unable to do anything without somebody's help lying in, in a manger and, and there just in a, in a feeding trough because there was no room for, for him in the inn. And he's there and the angels look upon this baby and they respond by saying, glory to God in the highest. The, the fact that there is a baby there wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in this little feeding trough, ignites within the angel's He is to be glorified in the highest. Now you you picture Peter, James, and John going there for the transfiguration and and being brought up on the mountain and and seeing Christ there being transfigured and shining as as bright as the sun. And there you see so much of the glory of God. And I think that's probably what John was talking about when he says we beheld his glory. But here the angels are seeing the babe wrapped there in swaddling cloths and, and their response is, Glory to God in the highest. And I think the reason why they say that is because they're looking at him, and in their minds it's, look at our God. Oh, how he loves them. Oh, how he loves these people. He's been promising them this for thousands of years. And we've seen all of their sin. We've seen that there's none righteous. No, not one. There's none that does good. There's none that seek after him. They're all going away from him. And oh, how he loves them. He's come. He's he's been born in the city of David. There in Bethlehem, just as it had been prophesied there in Micah, there is a baby that has been born And it is Christ the Lord. And they're looking at him and seeing where he is at and who he is and how he is there, laying there in a manger. And their response is, glory to God in the highest. Look at our God. Look at what he has done. Oh, how he loves them. He's there and he's just wrapped in these swaddling cloths. He, he is the one that we saw speak things into existence and we all sang together as we saw it. He is the one in whom casts Lucifer and all the, the fallen angels down to earth. He is the one who, who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, there is none like him. He's so powerful. He's all-powerful. He does whatsoever he wills to do. And here he is, and he's laying there in a, in a feeding trough. And their response is praise. It's just praise. Adoration. Worshiping him with all that is within them. It's, it's not that, that there's just a, a little bit of emotion. Like, this is good. It's about time. There's nothing like that. It's just incredible praise. You, you, you think of how we respond sometimes, and, and like you, you, you see even pre- preachers that are preaching, maybe me sometimes as well. Like you, where there there may seem like there's just such little joy that's there amongst them. You think of how you respond to Christmas. It's just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's here again. And there's so much to do. I wish this preacher would quit talking. I mean we have to still got gifts to buy and prime ribs in the oven. And you know, and and you're thinking of all that you have to do, and it's just like, oh yeah, we should read the Christmas story too. But failing miserably to have the kind of joy that these angels have when they look at it and it's just Bring you good tidings of great joy. This whole multitude. Glory to God in the highest. I mean, look at him. Oh, he loves them. Look at him. Look, look at what he has done. He was born of a virgin. He's come. He's, he's taken all of his, his majesty and his glory, and he's, he's laid it aside. the one who was of one substance and equal with the Father, the one who's existed from all eternity. He's there and he's lying in a manger. I think part of the weight of glory to God in the highest is them knowing at least a considerable amount of what was going to take place. Why... Why be born of a virgin? Well, because when Adam sinned, sinful nature came upon Adam and all of his descendants. So theologically, in in theological terms, it's called federal headship. Our sinful nature is passed through the man to our offspring. And everybody is born with a sinful nature. The reason why is because everybody had a dad except for Christ, born of a virgin. Why is that necessary? Because he was born without sin. He was born perfect. He was born righteous, so that he might fulfill all righteousness. Why become a man? You, you may think sometimes, like this, okay, you look at the incarnation, fully God, fully man, complicated how do we put our minds around these things he's fully god and fully man why did he become a man the reason why is because he knew that the only way for us to be redeemed was for there to be the shedding of blood for the remission of sins he had to die you hear people talk about sometimes that that jesus died on the cross that god died on the cross god did not die on the cross God did not die. God cannot die. Christ became a man, fully man and fully God so that when he was there on the cross his body was killed. Being fully man he was killed on the cross. and Yet God and his deity always exists. Became a man, nerve endings that he created knowing that That there would be stakes that would be driven through his hands and through his feet. That he'd be whipped. That he'd have a crown of thorns placed upon his head. That he'd be punched in the face over and over again. That his beard would be plucked out. And yet he did this. You see that. Being fully man, he was able to fulfill the law of God completely on our behalf. As a result of that, his righteousness is able to be placed on our account, declared perfectly righteous, fulfilled all righteousness, tempted in all things, yet without sin, so that you and I could be in a place where we will approach him someday as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ through faith in Christ and have ourselves clothed with robes of righteousness. Absolutely impossible without Christ coming, becoming a man, fulfilling all righteousness, taking our sin upon himself, though he was without sin, so that he could take our sin and then give us his righteousness. I think the angels knew this stuff; these things were going to take place. It's only through the incarnation that Christ could become our redeemer. Hebrews 9.22, For without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins. He became our mediator. The only way that we could have access to the Father was through Christ. In 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but being made alive in the Spirit. We look in Scripture, and these angels are looking and seeing It's not just that he has become a man, but he is going to take the weight of our sin, the wrath that we deserved upon himself. He became a man. He was born here on earth and laid in a manger so that he could die, so that he could fulfill all righteousness and then die. And their response to it is, glory to God. Glory to God in the highest He deserves all glory. Look at who he is. Look at what he has done. Then from there it says, and on earth, peace. And on earth, peace. They had seen all of the sin. They had seen... The incredible wickedness of man's heart. They had seen the separation that took place of once Adam and Eve had, had fellowship with God. Now it had been removed. The angels were the ones that had to force them out of the garden. There was no peace at all between, between man and God. They knew what it was to have peace with God. They were there in heaven. They were there being able to behold him in his glory. But they knew as they looked upon earth that there was no peace between God and man. And they're looking at this saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. This is going to change. This this, this is going to change everything. It's going to change everything for them. Not only that, but even prophetically looking ahead that there was going to come a time where the lion would lay down with the lamb, that there was going to come this time in which there would be no sin. There would be a new heavens and a new earth and things were going to be radically changed just as God had said would take place. And so this multitude of angels with their best theology looking upon all that's taking place, they begin with, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. And then close, they close with, and goodwill, and goodwill towards men. And goodwill towards men. And you, you look at this and you think of, does God, sometimes you might think, does God even love me? Does he love me? I mean, look at the things that are happening in my life. Where, where is he? Why have these things happened? I feel so distant from him. I don't feel close with him. Some, I hear some people talk about him, and I don't talk about him like that. I don't feel like that. And, and, and you look, and I think these angels know better than we do. Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace and goodwill towards men. They know that there is goodwill towards men because they are seeing what God has done. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. They know what it is in, in, in as far as living in the presence of God and beholding his glory. They, they, they know what it is to enter into the joy of the Lord and to be in that place of just joy inexpressible and full of glory. They know what that's like. They know what it is as far as to be there and and be loved by God. And, And they're looking at this and saying, he's making for himself a people. All that was promised to Abraham and Isaac and to Jacob, all that had been promised beginning with promise given to Adam and Eve, all that had been given as far as the prophecies that were given pointing to Christ who was to come, they're looking at the fulfillment of this and saying, God has goodwill towards them. You start, you start looking at it and you think, okay, he, he could have destroyed all of us. You, th- you think of Noah there in, in the ark, and they're, they're, he's there with his family, and he's got all of these animals, and he's just seen the water come up from the ground and come down from the sky and destroy everybody. And then he's listened to the bickering that's taking place on the boat. I mean, surely they, they weren't on that boat for all those days and, and didn't have problems amongst the kids. Like, stop acting like that. <laughs> Do you see what God did with the rest of them? You know, like, and being there saying, has he forgotten us? And then God just painting this incredible rainbow going across the sky to say, I'm not going to judge the earth like this ever again. And them seeing the promises of God come forward. They had to be looking at this and just filled with joy at that point. But here the angels are watching. They're seeing everything take place. They're seeing all that man has done. And they look and they say, he yet just continues. He continues to love them. He continues to show them grace. He has goodwill towards them. He's giving his people his son. If there's any question as far as whether there is good, God has goodwill towards man, He did not have to save one of us, and yet he gave us his son to be the payment for our sins so that we could spend eternity with him. And so there is this great heavenly host, host, multitudes of angels saying, goodwill towards men. God has shown goodwill towards men. Oh, how he loves them. He loves them. And this is why we celebrate this evening. This is why we will celebrate tomorrow. This is why we will celebrate both now and forevermore. Because we have a God in whom we serve, who is the King of Kings and He is the Lord of Lords. And all glory is due to him in the highest. And on earth he has brought peace. Specifically between us and him. And he has shown incredible goodwill towards us. Oh, how he loves us. And we will praise him for this both now and forevermore. And so we approach this Christmas looking at the first Christmas carol that was ever sung by angels who saw all of it. It may, may those angels who had never sinned, those angels who did not need a Redeemer, those angels who were there in heaven from the time of their creation, who have seen all of these things, may they not have more joy than us, who were dead in our sins and trespasses, and yet we have been made alive in Christ. We have been adopted into his family. We have been given an inheritance that's incorruptible, and it's undefiled, and it doesn't fade away. We're heirs with Christ, heirs of God. We are recipients of the gospel. May the joy that's within us overflow into every part of this Christmas season, today and tomorrow, throughout this year, and the next May our families see the joy that we have. For we know those angels were right when they said that they're bringing good tidings of great joy. Because there is born to us in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And we know him. Amen. Let's close in prayer and one last song of worship. and. Maybe just in, enjoy Christ for the rest of this evening. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the first Christmas carol that was ever given, the clarity of the theology of those angels who all sang together, looking upon our God. who who has saved us, his people. May our hearts be filled with your joy, Lord, as we consider the gospel, as we consider our God, our Savior, our King, our friend this evening. Lord, give us opportunities to minister the gospel to our families. May all the kids who are in here seeing with their, their moms and their dads and their siblings. And as you're here in our presence, may every little child who is here know that we are a people who, oh, how we love our God who first loved us. Thank you, Lord, for Christmas. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.